Welcome to Mosaic Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Mosaic Church Leeds, based in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information on Mosaic Church, please visit mosaic-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Uh, it's very nice to be back. If you've never met us, uh, well, nice to meet you. Uh, if you know us, it's nice to see you again. And uh, yeah, it's lovely to see some more faces. Very strange being back in Leeds. Um, so we've got just over half an hour, I think 40 minutes. Uh, we've got six lessons uh, that we want to share that we've kind of relearned. None of them are that groundbreaking. So we're going to have a stopwatch, and it's going to be a maximum of five minutes per lesson. Then it's going to beep. I'm going to do three. Leanne's going to do three. And then there's uh, Caroline, who also came with us. Caroline Bontz is just going to share at the end. And then we'll have sort of five or ten minutes for Q&A, depending on how quickly we'll share. Is that okay? Let me pray. Father, thank you that you have a wonderful plan to flood the earth with your glory, to scatter communities of light uh, in places of darkness, that you long uh, for people to come to know the living God and to find their whole life and identity and being transformed and uh, as churches we might not just make a difference in individuals but in communities and in cities we thank you Lord for uh, what you're doing thank you that we get to play a part and I pray that whatever mumbly lessons we get to share now that something will stick and be helpful for people in Jesus name amen right Leanne's first point Okay. Um, hi, sorry, please apologize for my very blocked up and occasional coughing fits and I feel a little bit uh, cr- like uh, crazy full speed ahead. So um, anyway, just make of it what you can. But I, I f- our first lesson or my first lesson that I've relearned is the importance of character. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, you kind of go, oh yes, now I definitely need to make sure that my identity is in God. And you know that in theory. And I know in practice, you know, I've learned it a lot of times already. But going to a new place and having all things familiar taken away. Um, and it's, it's, it's weird, like every day, every week, I go to a, um, a TOTS group or whatever I go to and try and meet new people and go, hi, I'm Leanne. Why did you move to Dublin? Da, 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 over and over and over again. It's just all quite uh, disorientating and um, and quite uh, just difficult, really, day to day to kind of drum up the enthusiasm to keep doing these things. And um, and at the same time, I've been because uh, I'm at home with the kids and have been for the last few years, and starting to you know do this whole new church plant together, um, but really trying to work out what my role is in it and who I am and um, obviously you know a lot of you will have experienced Steve's ministry and uh, I think I've sort of felt quite um, incompetent in comparison you know and just sort of coming to this new place and all the sort of familiar things taken away and and then a sort of a lack of confidence in myself as well it's just been quite difficult to um, to to really uh, to kind of to hold on to and to keep going and um I've got this amazing mentor woman uh just amazingly in Dublin um and she I was talking to her about it and sort of working out you know what I've you know spent so much time looking after kids and 
doing all the, the wonderful things that come with that, but it's not very challenging brain-wise, and uh, I, I feel so inexperienced, and I sort of feel, I feel like a beginner again, but it's almost worse, because I don't feel like I should be a beginner, because I've already done this lots, so I kind of, it's been a really funny time, and she, uh, she just said to me really plainly, she was like, you've got to stop thinking about what other people think of you, it's like that, and I was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just I've you know I've been t like learned that a lot of times already, and I've told plenty of people about that as well. That I've been discipling, um, but you know, it's nothing like being in a new situation to have that all all the familiar stuff, all the things that you don't realise you're trusting in, uh, have them all taken away, and realising that. Do you want to get home in your mouth? <laughs> Sorry, <Dave. laughs> yeah. So. Um, so I've really learned to have to have my identity in God again, and I'm, you know, still in the process of learning that. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's very easy to want to please people, and especially in this kind of thing of leading a church plant, to want to be like the leader who who knows what she's doing and um, and is like really confident and uh, and like really wise to all these, you know, hundreds of people in our church. Not. Um, you know, I, I want to be that person, and actually, that's it's just rubbish because I, I don't want it for the right reasons a lot of the time. So I really, you know, I need to have my identity in God, and that's my first lesson that I have relearned. <laughs> and I'm number two, and my beep hasn't gone off. Look at that. Um, my second one is the importance of conviction. So um, we've had some trials. Since going to Dublin, we've had um, uh, family tensions uh, in the sort of wider family and also illnesses back here, which um, there's nothing like having, being far away. If your family are ill far away, you feel even further away. You know, it's just the dis you really feel that distance then. Um, and you have to sort of think twice about, you know, spending the hundreds of euros to make that emergency fly or whatever. It's just, it's just, it's a real tension when you know you used to be able to just drive down and it was so much easier. So that's been, it's been really difficult in that sense. Um, we've had some difficulties in our house. You know, we rent a house and um, just like everything, it's, it's just a, it's an old house and not been touched. So everything goes wrong with it. We're constantly having to ring the landlord. It's been very cold in the winter. That's made me feel more unsettled, I think, especially because I'm, I'm at home a lot more. Um, we've had, a, well, I've had a bit of unfriendliness from, I mean, largely not, but um, with like a one or two um, moms in the groups just being a bit sort of snooty or smarmy or I don't know what, but um, that can, you know, really make you feel lonely. <laughs> and. Uh, and also, just I guess, just a bit of boredom, you know. There's not that much going on all the time. And, you know, it's exciting at first, but after a few months, the novelty wears off. And you're like, actually, this is, you know, Dublin is a really cool place to be. But on the day-to-day, -day when I just, you know, you get up, you do the kids' breakfast, and you go to the group, and then come home, and then give them the lunch, and then have the nap, and then get up, and then you do the supermarket shop. And you come, you know, the novelty of being in Dublin and always oh, isn't this exciting, you know, does not quite... Um, sit you know it isn't quite there and in those times of like this is this is you know just a bit of a slog um day after day the importance of knowing that we're there for a reason 
um, that God has, that, you know, God has really made it clear that we should be there and that it doesn't depend on results or excitement or um, uh, people becoming Christians, which would be ace, but, you know, or people even saying, oh, yes, I'd love to come to this or that, you know, ace doesn't always happen, hasn't really happened a lot at all, you know, and, um, but we said from the long run, uh, from the, sorry, we said from the beginning that we were here for the long run, uh, that we were, you know, we really wanted to love Dublin and love Ireland and be, um, you know, and consider it our home and the place where the kids would grow up, you know, that they would be Irish and so on. Um, we know that we're there, uh, so we're committed to it. And that commitment, you know, doesn't depend on how it's feeling or how it's going. Um, there were two verses particularly that, have, you know, helped us in that. We've been looking at Jeremiah 29, where the uh, Israelites have just been taken to Babylon. And... <coughs> <coughs> dramatic effect for my pause um <laughs> they've been taken to babylon and uh and they're all like just doing their own little bubble thing because um they uh, they think that they're going to go back to um israel really soon and that's what the sort of false prophets have been telling them and jeremiah says actually you will go back to israel but not for 70 years so get stuck in you know get married settle down get a job work the land bless and it talks about blessing and being bringing the peace and prosperity of the city of Babylon and so you know we're thinking that it's really important to actually just bed in seek the peace and prosperity of Dublin um doesn't depend on results you know that's what we're there for and also in Acts 20 it talks about um being compelled by the spirit Paul is about to go back to Jerusalem and he, he knows that um, he's basically going to, to die eventually. He, he doesn't know the details, but he knows he's not going to see the people of Ephesus again. And he's, um, you know, it's all very sad. And, but he knows that God is drawing him to Jerusalem. And, and he, so he says he's compelled by the Spirit, even though he knows hardship awaits. And so we have a compulsion from given, like, given us from the Spirit to, to keep going, to... Um, and even though hardship does come and may come at different points and in different ways, we are compelled to keep going. So that is our conviction that we are, you know, that is the importance of it, that we are here no matter what, good times and bad. Okay, I get uh, point number three, the importance of marriage. Okay, here's my five minutes. So lesson relearnt. Um, Tim Keller has a really nice thing when he's uh, teaching on marriage. He says marriage has a power if you are married. Uh, if it has a power in your life like nothing else. So when your marriage is good, you can, you can face the world. I mean, anything can be thrown at you if your marriage is good. If your marriage is weak, then the littlest thing will put its pressure on you. And so we've, we've learned again what it is to make sure that we're in a good place together had to work hard at our marriage, had to uh, make sure there's time for uh, another example I've shared before is the issue of your marriage should both be a, a rock and a garden. So there should be solidness, it should be rock hard, you should be working hard at it, but there's a sort of, this is unbreakable, but if it doesn't have that sense of tenderness and romance and fun and the book of the Song of Songs in a, at all, then it's not going to be a healthy and strong uh, marriage. Um, and so there's nothing like 
uh, yeah, if you've got a strong marriage, you can take on the world. You feel like you can. If you've got a weak marriage, if you're in a bad place, the littlest things uh, will knock you. And so for me, you see, I am so task orientated uh, that I can see Leanne as a task. Huh? No, don't stone me now. But um, so in my kind of, you know, compartmentalizing, well, I've only got, I work nine, you know, I work 9 a.m. to 5.30. I play Gaelic football and then I do, we do church and we have, and everything's compartmentalized and it kind of has to be because the pressure of the week and the timetable, but I can never obviously see my wife or see my marriage as a task. So we have to, we've, we've had to relearn that uh, to make sure our marriage comes first. Um, I would say though, on another level, church planting has brought us closer and deeper so we've had to work hard. There's been moments of tension and pressure where we've had to go, wow, we've got to go and talk through this stuff. Uh, but there's also just been times where we're forced together and we're forced to pray together and we're forced to go, what are we going to do here? And it could be about the simplest thing of administration of landing an island or what are we going to do with the church or lots of different things. Uh, and so um, it, there's been, it's been great for our marriage as well. Um, uh, the other thing is this different reality in, in terms of how we're enjoying Dublin. So if you've chatted to me in the last six months, I'm having what is known as a ball. I'm just absolutely loving every minute of everything. And Leanne's experience is different. And so for me to be sensitive, to me to appreciate where she's at sometimes in the home when I'm just having, you know, the time of my life. It's like I'm a kid in a kid in a sweet shop half the time you know in terms of just I'm just really enjoying all the, the new things and the people and the opportunity to talk about Jesus I'm enjoying being in a uh, in the business world I'm loving the fresh organic nature of our church and we can do what we want and it's not very sort of meeting centered and rotor centered it's just hanging out as a community and eating and sharing the scriptures and I mean all this for me is kind of oh this is great um, and obviously for Leanne it's maybe not always so great so we've had to work at our marriage uh and we still are, and we recognize that if we're not in a good place, then um, things could easily get on top of us. Um, I think that is all that. Um, did you want to say anything there, Leanne? No, great. That's what I hoped you'd say. Um, number four then, the importance of vision. And most people who go church planting, this is number one. I think that's probably the biggest mistake. You must have character, conviction, and marriage ahead of your great vision as a church planter. Um, but you do need to have a clear picture. If you're thinking about church planting either as a leader or as a team, you've got to know why you're going and what you want to achieve and what you're praying for. And you've got to have a clear picture of the future and where you want to go and where you want to take people. And so every, every term so far, and even almost monthly, Leanne and I have sat down and gone, why are we here? What's the big picture? And then in this next month, this next three months, and it's been so helpful for me because it kind of gives me an accountability and a checklist I can go back to and go, this is what we're praying for for this next three months. Uh, and so we found that hugely important. But also, you need to keep having a vision when you go, well, look, there's just like six of us or ten of us in a living room, and how are we going to how are we going to reach Dublin and how are we going to reach the, the poor of Dublin and how are we going to reach the rich and how are we going to, I mean, and you've still got to somehow hold on to, you know, God has brought us here and we're here for the long term. So what are we shooting for? And don't let it go. Just because we're small, we're not going to have a big vision. 
Um, Jesus transformed the world with 12 people. One of them was a traitor. And uh, so you need to sort of remain, I know we're small, but what is our big vision? Um, so that's been important to us. What is our vision? Put simply, um, there's sort of two ways we like to describe it. The first way is we want to scatter communities of light all over Dublin uh, that will live and speak for Jesus. And in so doing, bring spiritual, social, and cultural renewal to the city. Spiritual people coming back to God. There's a lot of prodigals in in Dublin, a lot of people that have been brought up in religion and never known a father. Um, and now there's a lot of people that are rejecting their roots and running after irreligion and all the rest and are, are finding emptiness there. So spiritually, we want to bring a change to the city and see people saved. Uh, socially, we want to bring a, a change to the injustice and the poor and the deprived in the city. And we want to be, as Liam was saying, seek the peace and prosperity, that people in 10 years would say, you know, Dublin is a better place that this group of Christians decided to do what they wanted to do here in Dublin because they've sought, they've sought the peace and prosperity of the city. So spiritual, people coming back to God, social, um, seeing a transformation in sort of the injustice and the uh, and poverty in the city. And the third thing, cultural, that um, we would see every sector and area of society and uh, impacted with the presence of Christ. So whether that be business or sport or music or different areas. So those, uh, those three things. The other thing we stress is we want our church, to, the DNA of uh, an organism is sort of what you're made up of. And as you grow, your cells multiply and the DNA stays the same and different parts of your body look different, but you have the same DNA throughout. So as the church changes as we grow as hopefully we have different uh, expressions of church to reach different people and all the rest what is our dna that stays the same and as we multiply stays the same well there's four things the first one is mission joining god our father to renew this world and see people come to him the second one is discipleship jesus came to make disciples and so we want to make disciples and see people who are you know, cross-centered discipleship. That's what Jesus went for. People that will carry their cross to eternity. And it's a form of Christianity that the Western world isn't so good on. We want to see radical cross-shaped disciples. The third thing is community. Jesus didn't come to set up meetings and attend. He came to form a radical new people, a community, a family. So we want to be a missionary people in the everyday discipleship in the everyday, community in the everyday, and then movement is our fourth one. What does that mean? Well, it means that God's plan is always that you're expanding and moving on, and to do that, you need to raise leaders. So we want to see mission, discipleship, and community in every area of church, but that would be multiplying and multiplying and multiplying because we're raising up leaders. So that's our vision, and so we need to keep hold of that. We do pray into that. Um, for me personally, it is a great thrill to get the train into Dublin and just see this incredible city. And my heart just lit. I go, wow, what an opportunity. So it's the least reached English-speaking people group in the whole world. It's had more social change in the last 20 years than probably most countries in the world. That the Catholic Church has lost its authority and place in society. Oh, my five minutes. I was just, I was good as well, wasn't I? My five minutes. So there we go. I'm done. Yeah, you can't hear about the vision. Um, the final thing I'd say, I, was, I didn't see I was about to go then. You see, that's the good thing here. I was lost. 
the good thing, the important thing though, keeping strong to your vision is even when you're six people in a living room, if you can't reproduce what you want to reproduce in the big and the small, you, you know, you've got to be able to do it when you're just six. You've got to go, are we reaching out to our friends? We can get lost in church life, but are we, re are we making disciples, reading the scriptures, being transformed? Are we a community that loves one another and is a signpost? Are we starting to raise up leaders? So we have leadership training once a month. Our whole church comes. Yeah. You know, because you see, we need to get this in place now. Our vision is here, but we need to get the culture and set it now. So that's what we're doing. All right, I'm, I'm six minutes. Right. There we go. Uh, the last one uh, we wanted to say was the importance of fun. And so with all this, you know, all the lots of things to do and lots of um, things to plan and lots of issues to work through and stuff, it's really easy to kind of get all serious and bogged down and actually forget to enjoy what we're doing. Um, you know, people often, when they live, you feel quite sort of patriotic about where they come from and, you know, there's, there's reasons to love um, where you are and you know we, we really want to love Dublin and there's lots to enjoy about Dublin I wrote a few things down there's a zoo and uh, we're members of it so I take the kids nearly every week to go and see lions and tigers and elephants how cool is that um there's there's a beach there's a sea just five minutes drive from where we live so um well we hope to go there more when it's warm but uh, it's really you know that's really great there's coffee shops there's Great public transport, which is not that exciting, but when you have a three-year-old boy that loves trams and cars and trains and everything else, and that's um, good. Mountains, like when you walk around the corner from our house, you can see the Wicklow Mountains just there. I mean, it's just it's awesome. So we, we really want to make sure we have fun and like enjoy the place that we are. But also, a bit linked up to the marriage point, to enjoy each other and have fun. You know, we were getting to this stage where when we had like a date night, we'd go to a pub, um, that's the great thing about having a lodger is that you get to go to the pub quite a lot. <laughs> and um, that's been quality. But we, um, so we would go and have a drink and we just end up like having this like really kind of depressing long chat all the time. And we're just like, actually, you know, sometimes it's actually really good to put the hard things aside and just remember to laugh and play games and, um, and be silly and just enjoy each other. You know, laughter is often the best medicine in terms of getting through like difficult times why is everyone oh yeah <laughs> I was like why is everyone laughing that wasn't that funny um <laughs> but yeah making fun shaped pizzas Jacob's by the way still picked off all the vegetables <laughs> after they've been cooked it looks like a face it didn't work um so yeah anyway that was our last point really to want to um oh Steve's got, <laughs> Steve's got another point um here he is have you finished Okay, great. Um, by the way, we don't think shoving the importance and the hard things of after the side forever is good, but we do think it is good to do that. The final thing that we wanted to share then, number six, would be the importance of devotion. It's just going to come up great. So how do you, um, you know, practically put this into place? And it's it's not rocket. You know, none of these lessons are rocket science. You're like, oh, is this it? You go, yeah. Well, when you do something new and you're you're shoved out of everything in terms of your surroundings, all new, you only relearn lessons you thought you'd learned. There's not like loads of lessons out there in life. You just learn them to a deeper level. But you know, if you can't find a time to go, Lord Jesus, I need to be with you, alone, in prayer, in the Scriptures, 
and find my strength there. I mean, that's it, isn't it? It doesn't, it just doesn't get more than that. You just need to find a way of doing it. Whatever your pressures are, you need to find a way of doing it. Just go, I need to be with Jesus. I need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I need to sense the love of the Father now to release my grip on the things of this world that I know then suddenly I come out, you just walk out with confidence. And so if you know me, you'll know the Psalms have been my sort of way of doing this. So I still read a Psalm every day, finding things that I can praise God for, finding things I want to confess, finding things I want to then bring into intercession. But most importantly, I just read the Psalm until God goes, Steve, or just something. And I'm like, ah, I got it again. You read the scripture until your heart starts to burn. You know, in Acts, uh, not Acts, that's the sequel. Luke 24. Luke, Luke wrote it. I couldn't work out. He wrote it. In Luke 24, uh, they're walking along the Emmaus Road and they said, Jesus explained the scriptures to them, starting with Moses, about all that pointed to him. And then he said, Did not our hearts burn within us when he explained the scriptures? And that's, my, that's the way I do it. Different people have different ways. But reading the Psalms, reading the scriptures until my heart starts to burn, I've met with the living God and I go away strengthened. There's a, a lovely bit in Psalm 30 that describes so often, that will hopefully bring this point home. This, I'm currently on Psalm 31, so I just read this the other day. Psalm 30 says this, When I felt secure, I said, I shall never be shaken. O Lord, when you favored me, you made my mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. You know, there's times when you're with, you've been with God and you've spent time in prayer and you've read the scriptures and you go, you've made my mountain stand firm. I will never be shaken. And then a verse later, the psalmist goes, but when I didn't have the sense of your presence and your face, when I hadn't sought you, he says, I was dismayed. And it's that tension of like, we get all our strength from being with God. You get faith, you get courage, you get vision. You get the ability to persist and endure when you've been with God. He's pushing us deeper. He's challenging our insecurities, our character flaws and our marriage. He's, re he's refining us with his wonderful fatherly discipline. It is wonderful. It is life-giving. But you need to find strength for each day from being with him. So we've learned again the importance of devotion. And you can't, you can't shortcut it. So going back to the marriage example, like if we don't put lots of marriage time aside, we never get the golden moments. Okay, so in your marriage, you're not going to get all these things. Isn't it amazing all the time? No, but if you have a consistent pattern, you'll get moments you go, oh, it's great. It's the same with God. You need a regular pattern, and then there's some real golden moments. And that's, how that's the way I would describe it. So we've relearned it. So here we go. Can we summarize? What have we relearned as we've gone church planting? The importance of character, that's where it starts. Is my identity in God? Or am I trying to find my identity in what I do and how successful I am and all the rest? The importance of conviction, what will keep me going, is not that this is a cool romantic idea, church planting, but that God has got a plan for this world. He wants us to join in. And Dublin, it is a unique time in history to be reached with the gospel. 
the importance of marriage, it makes or breaks everything. If your marriage is weak, you haven't got any strength to face the world. If your marriage is strong, you can face the hardest challenge. Uh, vision, you need to have a really clear picture. Where am I going? What are we trying to do here? And start to breed that culture, even in the small. Fun, hey, life's great, you know. Let's enjoy life. Let's enjoy wine and food and one another and sports and um, Gaelic football. That isn't that fun at the moment, but uh, that's because I'm not very good. Uh, devotion, strength for each day. That's where we get the strength for each day. So look, there's our six points. And uh, should we just give Caroline a round of applause? She's going to come and share. <laughs> Caroline. Caroline is one of the most pioneering single women I know because she went out to Dublin before any of us were there and uh, sort of forged the path to start with. And uh, she's just a great woman. So l listen. Are you going to time me? Okay. <laughs> uh, that means hello in Irish. So I've, I've had five weeks of lessons and that's what I know. <laughs> um, I think... The biggest thing I've learned is probably dependence on God. Um, so I, like, I'd love to be this superhero church planter. I'd love to be really strong and confident, but I'm, I'm not really, to be honest. Um, and I guess I've kind of been swinging wildly between being really happy and excited about being in Dublin and then being in utter despair and being like, what am I doing here? Um, and just like leaving everything, starting again, you know, it is really tough. Um, being single means doing that on your own as well and so I've felt quite lonely and isolated some of the time um, but I think like God's let me get to that point and you know when you're it's kind of good to be desperate when you're like ah I can't do this and then you depend on him more um, and I've prayed more I think it's maybe be more thankful as well for what he has done and what I do have um, and I think like I've seen God at work more as well. Um, I've been ill quite a few times since we've been away. It feels like I get ill about once a month. So that's been really hard. Um, and just like learning again that I can't do everything and needing to just kind of rest in God and say no to things. Um, and we don't like, I love all the, all the people in our church, but we don't have that many girls at the moment. Uh, mostly it's just me and Leanne, so, you know, some of that's been hard not having kind of good Christian female friends. Um, but, yeah, just I think that God has been so faithful and I'm just so thankful for my job. Like, I really like my job and um, new friends and, yeah, our church. I just, yeah, just really love our church. Um, Jake and Justin are here, so do say hello to them there at the back and do ask them about their experiences as well. Um, and obviously Steve and Leanne have yeah, been amazing and enjoying living with them. I don't babysit all the time. I let them go to the pub a little, you know, every couple of weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, and I love Dublin as well. So um, I really feel like God has kind of like given me that love for Dublin and love for the people. Um, so that's it. I think that was less than five minutes. Well done, Caroline. <laughs> okay. So we've got, um, I think, 10 minutes, five past, we have to be done. So um, it's questions, really. And if, if you want to leave, we won't be offended. But if you want to ask questions, we'll hopefully answer them. So does anyone have a question? Steph.
I, uh, as in, yeah, I go to the scriptures if what I see is not what's in the scriptures. Yeah, I'm not happy enough. So yeah, in that sense, I have that attitude of if it's not in the Bible, don't don't make this a rule for us. You know, so I'd happily have that sort of yeah attitude. So yeah, um, if you want to be challenged, Steph, we can take you outside. Um, yeah, I think the, th- the thrill is, the thrill is, in all seriousness on that one, when you're small and you've got a blank sheet of paper, it is exhilarating to think, let's have a read of the scriptures again. Ha, what, what, what could we imagine and dream of? And you've still got to, we've got to learn from church history, learn from your previous, it's not all bad. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but you have a freshness that can come. So yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, Chris. Yeah. So I've got a full-time job. How does that work? Shall I go first and post you, or do you want to go first? Okay. Uh, so I leave the house at around 8, 8.15, 8.30. It's a bad day. Um, now, 8.15, roughly, and we'll get back around quarter past six. Uh, I'm a full-time salesman for Oracle. We sell the best computer software in the world. We're the cutting-edge leading. No, there we go. Um, yeah, Adabelle liked it. She clapped. So, yeah, I'm a full-time salesman, and that's great fun, and it's been amazing for networking, for learning my life. I'm learning so much about the business world and everything, so I've enjoyed that. The, so from my point of view, that's been good. Then I have a night a week where I have a study or prepare. And then on Sunday mornings, I have three hours when I'm preparing or studying. So that's my, we've compartmentalized it. you got that. And then obviously I can do what I want in commuting time and all that stuff. But in terms of one night a week and a Sunday morning for three hours is when I sort of then really focus on church. I meet with the, the guys from the church for discipleship at seven, is it seven? Seven every fortnight in the middle of Dublin, and so that's that's uh, that's been great. Um, and then we have Sunday night services, uh, which start at five with food and games, and the kids join in, and then we put them to bed, and we have like an hour of study, and then an hour of sort of sung worship and prayer. Um, and then we have every other Monday is either a prayer meeting or a leadership training. So that's our church rhythm at the moment. And in terms of how it's affected us, um, it's been uh, it's been really hard work. Uh, you know, I've um, uh, like a, a you know made a, it's a lot of change for me and for the kids. So we've we've really tried to um, make Saturdays very precious as much as possible, family time, and um, we've sort of started this pancake ritual where we always have pancakes for lunch on Saturdays. And Jacob's like, "It's Saturday, we have pancakes, and Daddy doesn't go to work." And uh, which is really cute. Um, it has been really hard, and um, I think it's sort of getting into a new rhythm as well. It takes a while to sort of adjust your sort of, you know, to get actually get used to it. Um, you know, he's not home for tea time most of the time for kids. Um, so we have like one or two nights where we try and make a kids' night to, to, to have some of that time. So it's just been really careful about making sure that the kids get enough time with Jacob and, and, and Annabelle and, um, and also kind of having a bit of slack. You know, like Jacob really wanted to stay with Steve this afternoon. So we go, yeah, you stay with Jacob um, just so that he gets a bit more daddy time and stuff like that. So um, I think I probably find it harder than you because for you it's all like new and excitement and different. And for me it's like more of the same <laughs> and more. 
and I think one of the things I've done in my work though is I don't see this as a means to become a full-time pastor which is every church model I've heard and every example I've heard I'm trying to go what does it mean to be a Christian businessman being the best I can at my business and seeing people come to Christ in my workplace and we'll see how the church comes in as well it's not like this is just for the sake of getting to the place I want to I'm, so I would love to carve a part-time business role out in some form because I'm speaking to people more about Jesus than I've ever done I'm totally befuddling business people that I used to be a full-time pastor and they're like so the vice president of Oracle the, the department I'm in you know he went back to the manager so that she oh well, too long can't tell you the story uh, okay tell the story so my second day, my second day working, I haven't understood a word for 48 hours because it's all IT, okay? It's all IT, and I'm a computer geek now, but I wasn't then. So I, um, the vice president's coming around, and he's me, and we've got this new cloud initiative. If you're into computers, that's like a big deal these days. And, um, oh dear, oh. Um, anyway, he goes to the other girl, Fiona, who's from Tipperary, and she started at the same time as me. Fiona, what did you do before you worked for Uncle? I worked in retail, and he's like, Brilliant. We need to push computer software into retail. We need to sell it to, you know, and off he goes. Steve, what did you do before you came to Oracle? I was like, oh, I, I used to be, um, I've had a bit of a career change. I used to be a full-time, uh, you know, leading Christian charities in the church. He went, ooh, no exaggeration. And then he went, okay. Um, that was how the conversation went. And it was rather awkward. And then eventually we got our way through the conversation. But then he went to my manager afterwards and she'd had a few pints. We were out and we had a free, corporate world's great. You get loads of free drinks. So we're having these free drinks. And um, the, she, was, she was there and I said, well, you know, what, what do people make of me? And she goes, no one really knows what to do. The vice president, after you'd had that conversation, came back and said, what's he doing here? So I'm having those kind of conversations all the time, and I'm absolutely loving it. One of our reasons for going to Dublin is because in the last 20 years, there was a Celtic tiger boom, financial boom, uh, from 2000 to 2008. It became the 11th wealthiest economy in the world. That's now crashed, but there's lots of Google and Facebook and LinkedIn and Dropbox and eBay, and all these people are in there in the heart of Dublin. And there's not really an active ministry and church going after them. And it is a thrill for me to basically be amongst them. So I started with 70 other people from all over the world, including Ireland. And I'm getting to engage with the people that have gone there to go, I want to earn money in the computer world in Dublin. And so it, I think this is part of what God has for us, that I understand it, I network within it. And then when I'm discipling or preaching, I can talk about business and that might relate to people. So um, um, for me, that's actually been, I didn't never heard of Oracle, but they're pretty cool so okay another question we've got a few more yeah hazel really well in a nutshell they've been really friendly amazing some churches have even said oh like you know maybe we could even give you people sort of thing um and we're like okay <laughs> um hasn't happened yet but um yeah no just uh all positive 100%. The, the, the caveat is we haven't been able to engage with the Catholic church leaders. So I'm not sure what their opinion of us is. We're so small, no one feels threatened. But from radical Pentecostal to radical conservative, we've been embraced, and that's been marvelous. And uh, the fact that Leanne's got this great woman that's willing to meet with her once a month and stuff, it's just people have said, yes, she will help. So it's been um, brilliant. 
the Dublin church. It's a very small scene. It's the least reached English-speaking people group with the evangelical churches. The evangelical churches want to work together because they're like, um, yeah, we need more people. People have said, the more you can bring, the better. You know, it's like we're, we're, we're keen, so. Um, if you heard differently, no. Uh, anyone else got a question? Okay. Well, thank you for coming. I hope you've enjoyed some of that. And uh, I hope you didn't l l just look at Annabelle, but listen to what we shared. Uh, why don't I pray? And uh, what we, I guess we wanted to share with you guys as a family, church family, what the last six months has been like. But also we're always praying that people, A, might join us, all might get a heart for church planting. And so I just want to pray. We'll have a moment of silence. And we'll just pray and that you know if the Lord is stirring you. So let's just uh, close our eyes, take a moment to quieten our hearts. And it might not be church planting. It might be one of those six points that you think, I'm nowhere on that thing and I need to get somewhere. And uh, here's a moment just to quieten your heart. Father, thank you so much for your um, kindness to us in, in Christ, that you would send your son to be born in the darkness, to be rejected, a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering, to come and his whole life speak of love, but to be killed for being the most loving man that ever lived. Thank you, Lord, that you do that for us. And Lord, you did it because you wanted to buy for yourself, purchase for yourself a people that were devoted to you. And we thank you that we sit here as those people and go, wow, we have been bought with the blood of Christ. And we say we're poor, our life is not our own anymore. Like, Lord Jesus, this is, you, this is too much to say, oh, I can have you on the side. Like, our lives aren't our own anymore. You've paid your blood. And you have a plan to flood this world and you want us to join in. And I pray, Lord, just help us daily to say, my life's not my own, to pick up my cross. And every day, Lord, to say, what do you want me to do today to seek the peace and prosperity of the area that you've called me to live in? Pray for anything here, Lord, that has hit a note with anyone. I pray you'd enable them to follow it up. And I pray, Lord, for any that you're raising up to be church leaders, church planters, or church planting team members, you'd give them the courage to follow that prompting now. And Lord, just as I come back and uh, we see the city of Leeds again, we want to pray for the peace and prosperity of Leeds. We know that if Leeds prospers, your people will prosper. So we ask, Lord, that you would raise up Mosaic, and other churches in this city to be your salt and light and that people might come to know you, the poor might be cared for and Jesus might infiltrate every area of society. We pray this for Jesus' name. Amen.